worship service for today, we remember graduates of Princeton Theological Seminary who have passed away since we last gathered. 
And it is a, in a few moments as Dean John White, our Dean of Students, reads the names for us, we realize that these names represent lives. Lives of parents and partners and siblings and grandparents. The names that will be read represent lives of pastors and professors and teachers and chaplains and missionaries and much more. These names represent the lives of classmates, colleagues, confidants, and beloved friends. These names represent lives that brought light into this world, a light that extended all around our globe. So in our service for today, we invite you to help us celebrate the light of these graduates. When you came in, you received a candle. In a few moments, we will invite you to come forward as the names are being read and put a candle on the table. If you please would just come to the center aisle and come up front and then go to your seat by the side aisle that will help our flow. We are just so happy and honored that you would have this chance to help us celebrate the light of these lives that we remember today. Thank you. Walter E. Wiest, Douglas W. Gray, John Edwin Slater, Jr., George A. Brinke, Glenn R. Pratt, Myron L. Wheeler, Warren M. Woolsey, John R. Chandler, Robert W. Dixon, John W. Miller, W. Ward Murray, Charles F. Stratton, Richard G. Douse, Robert E. Lakey, Sherwood W. Anderson, Prentice H. Barnett, George D. Coleman, David E. Herb, Robert L. McKim, Robert H. Reed, James H. Chestnut, John W. Doan, William H. McGregor, E. John Roof, Douglas E. Bartlett, Mary Ruth Hennifer, Laverne Raider Sugamel, Eugene A. Tassell Jr., James F. Van Dyke, Donald M. Stein, Robert W. Kurth, George H. Gilmore, Charles L. Greenwood, Fred D. Lehman, Frank G. Carver, Jean Audrey Powers, Harry F. Peterson III, Edward O. Poole, Robert M. Shelton, John L. A. Kalili, Donald B. Landis, 
Richard C. Moore, Ronald J. Sloan, George F. Aberley, Alan Ward Beach, James M. Hanley, Herbert Lynx, Dwight Pickett Billman, John M. Ducey, Charles J. Dewey, William McElwee Miller, Jr., Charles E. Stenner, Virginia R. Wolf, Joseph Caldwell, J. Harold Ellens, James E. Jenke, Thomas D. Parker, David B. Riddle, Jan J. Schiltheus, Robert Janicek, Louis M. Blackmer, Jr., R. Glenn Brown, William B. Wallop, John E. Butelin, William L. Persley, Jr., Byron R. Swanson, Donald P. McNeil, Andrew H. Willis, Jr., David H. Johnson, Dennis E. Smith, Sue A. Baker, Peter S. Cook, Gerard J. McCarran, Thomas D. York, Tom H. Collins, David B. O'Dell, Lydia J. Barry, Emre A. Bertolin, James F. Galoon, Samuel S. Sambandaway, Emmanuel A. Tebalisma, Larry K. Graham, Miriam C. Resch, Catherine Ann Simmons, Cynthia J. Ward, Elizabeth L. Shepherson, Virginia R. Black, Robert A. Shires, Susan Whaley Thompson, Philip Neal Olson, Ian S. McLean, Virginia Ann Minor, Margaret G. Moles, William T. Coles, Dolores Bedford Clark, Dale P. Andrews, Wilson M. Kratz, Samuel J. Lilly, Geetha Avermalulung, Wallace B. Landis, Jr., Michael D. Bush, Melissa Ann Moore, Rosemarie A. Banks.
Let us pray. O tender, loving, and eternal God, we offer our prayers of heartfelt gratitude for the lives and light of these faithful graduates. As we look at these lights that shine before us, we also remember the losses we may each have experienced in our own lives this past year. So we also remember our loved ones and colleagues, church members and friends, who have also joined this great cloud of witnesses that we remember and celebrate this day. We know, O oh Holy One, that these candles can be blown out at the end of the service, but we also know deep in our hearts that we light these candles in the name of the one whose light will never go out of our lives, the light of Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. family. It is such a pleasure to be here with you this afternoon and as I said to Jan Ammon earlier, it's good to be home. As the class of 2010, it's, it's always great to come back here to PTS and giving honor to God and giving praises to God and honor to all those who are assembled here 
recognizing President Barnes and his administration, and a special thanks to all those who I've been in conversation with um, leading up to coming here today, to Victor Aloyo, to Amy Elan, to Jan Ammon, and to all of those who are here. Um, it is just such a privilege. And the Holy Spirit resides here at Princeton Seminary. Um, I have to be honest, when I came, I kind of questioned that a little bit. Um, but the Holy Spirit is here, and I know that because in just being here for two days, so many people, when they heard that I was going to preach today, they stopped in their tracks and they said, let me pray for you right now. And that just lets me know that God's love is present in and through this campus and most importantly, within the hearts of the people who are here. But there is a word from the Lord today. I ask if we could please stand for the reading of God's word. I will be reading selected verses from the 136th Psalm. I'll read from verses one through four and then jump down to verses 23 through 26. And it reads, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the God of gods, for his steadfast love endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his love endures forever, who alone does great wonders, for his steadfast love endures forever. Verse 23, it is he who remembered us in our low estate, for his steadfast love endures forever, and rescued us from our foes, for his steadfast love endures forever, who gives food to all flesh, for his steadfast love endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the God of heaven, for his steadfast love endures forever. For a few moments, I want to preach from the subject, more than mercy. Let us pray. Dear God, I stand behind the sacred desk, prepared to preach your word, but I can't do it in my own strength. So Lord, I ask that you would just fill me with your love, fill me with your Holy Spirit, that I preach with power, with conviction, and their hearts and minds will be changed. We pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Life is all about perspective. You can see it as glass half empty or glass half full. And when you reflect on all the challenges, adventures, joys, and sadness, you can either appreciate all that you've gained from those experiences or you can see all that you've lost. This psalm was written by someone who sees life as glass half full. When you look at this psalm, we see that it is Israel's history set to music. This is the psalm known as the Great Hallel, or the Great Hymn of Praise. This was the song that was sung at the dedication of Solomon's temple. It's the hymn that was sung after the Last Supper when they went into the Mount of Olives singing. This is the psalm that is still sung today by Jews at the end of the Passover meal. This psalm is to the Jews what the Star Spangled Banner is to Americans, what Lift Every Voice and Sing is to African Americans, and what Amazing Grace is for many Christians. It is a psalm of remembrance. It remembers the ancestors, recounts the struggles, revels the victories, reclaims the hope, and rejoices in God who remained faithful through it all. The unknown psalmist pens this musical rendition of Israel's redemption story, and it was written in a way that makes it palatable for all ages. Its repetitive response drives home the point which the psalmist feels is paramount and must not ever be forgotten. God's mercy, God's love endures forever. So in essence, the psalmist is saying, if you don't remember anything else about our history, if you don't know anything else about our relationship with God, and if you don't know anything else about God's relationship with us, then just remember this, God's mercy. Yeah endures forever. 
And we too can join in on this great hymn of praise because we too have a, a testimony of God's mercy enduring forever. Because God has seen us through so many ups and downs. We have thrived despite racism, sexism, classism, segregation, degradation, oppression, and depression. God has made a way somehow. And when you look back on all of this, all you can say is God's mercy endures forever. The Hebrew word for mercy is hesed, but the actual English transla translation for hesed cannot be encapsulated in just one word. It's the reason that the King James Version says God's mercy endureth forever. The complete Jewish Bible says God's grace continues forever. The New International Version says God's love endures forever. The Contemporary English Version says God's love never fails. The New Revised Standard Version, because we are at PTS, says God's steadfast love endures forever. The New Living Translation says God's faithful love endures forever. The Amplified Version says for his loving kindness, graciousness, mercy, compassion endures forever. Hesed is so dynamic that it is best translated as the consistent, ever faithful, relentless, constantly pursuing, lavish, extravagant, unrestrained, furious love and mercy of God. That's more than mercy. Hesed embodies all of God's virtues and all of God's attributes. But what's interesting to me is when you read through this psalm, the writer only mentions the good stuff, the things that make the nation of Israel appear to be deserving of God's mercy being enslaved by the Egyptians, being chased down by the Egyptians, being hungry in the wilderness after escaping the Egyptians. These are all situations where one could expect to receive mercy. It's like they are saying, oh God, look at us, we're innocent people, we've done nothing wrong, and all this bad stuff is happening to us. Have mercy on us. But we all can have revisionist history when we recall the sequence of events that have happened in our lives and we want to only recall those things that make us look good. But to be fair, I have to acknowledge that in verse 23, the psalmist does say, who has remembered us in our low estate? But the psalmist failed to expound on what he meant by that. So please indulge me for a moment as I read between the lines of this psalm Verses 13 through 15 says, To him who divided the Red Sea into parts, for his mercy endureth forever, and made Israel to pass through the midst of it, for his mercy endureth forever, but overthrew Pharaoh and his host into the Red Sea, for his mercy endureth forever. Sounds good, but the psalmist fails to mention how much the children of Israel griped and complained as God was delivering them from Egyptian bondage. When they reached the Red Sea with Pharaoh's army right behind them, they yelled at Moses saying, we should have stayed in Egypt. It's better than dying in the wilderness. So it should read to the God who did not turn God's back on us even when we turned our back on God, more than God's mercy endures forever. To the God who delivered us, even when we doubted God, more than God's mercy endures forever. Verse 21 reads, to the God who gave us land for an inheritance. But the psalmist fails to mention that the Israelites doubted their ability to conquer the land that God promised them. Their fear turned to anger, and again they complained to Moses and Aaron saying, why would God bring us out here to die in war? Let's go back to Egypt. So it should read to the God who kept us when we didn't want to be kept. More than God's mercy endures forever. Verse 25 reads to the God who gives food to all flesh. God's mercy endures forever. Now this probably references when God fed them manna and quail while they were in the wilderness, but the psalmist fails to mention that the Israelites wouldn't follow simple instructions. 
God told them to gather enough food to feed their families for one day. No more, no less. God promised to give them a fresh portion for tomorrow on tomorrow. But the people didn't believe. They gathered up a stockpile of food and in the morning, everything was rotten and worm infested. God was feeding them fresh bread and fresh meat daily, but they were willing to settle for stale bread. So it should read to the God who remained faithful to us, even when we lost faith in God, more than God's mercy endures forever. That's more than mercy, that's hesed. Hesed endures in the midst of our confidence and in spite of our doubt. Hesed endures in the midst of our acceptance and in spite of our rejection. Hesed endures in the midst of our faithfulness and in spite of our faithlessness. Hesed has the fortitude to withstand the strong winds of our anger, anguish, desertion, disappointment, fair weather friendship, fleeting fidelity and temporary trust in God. Hesed endures all. It has the resilience to endure against all odds. But to further help us understand the enormity of Hesed, the writer qualifies it with endures forever. It is perpetual and inexhaustible surpassing time and space beyond Kronos, our finite concept of time, and beyond Kairos, God's dynamic realm of time for all time, for all generations, past, present, and future. Mercy endures forever because God who is eternal is actively present and actively working in our lives today. God's mercy endures forever because we will forever be in need of God's mercy. You see, our love and our mercy for others has limitations. I love you and I can be merciful to you as long as you don't get on my nerves too bad. But if you try my patience for too long, my mercy may run out. But we serve a God who forgives us, whose mercy is never ending. His mercy endures forever. And when we read this psalm, we see the re repetition of this psalm echoes the perpetuity of God's mercy. It is a mantra that we must get into our spirit, helping us to see God's mercy constantly working in our daily lives. I have to share with you that I witnessed one of the greatest acts of mercy the day before Easter. I had had, I hosted a, an Easter egg hunt at my house for my children and some of my family and some of my, my neighbors. And we had eggs all over the front yard, all over the backyard. All these kids came with their empty buckets. And before I could ring the bell for them to start, they were scampering all over the place in search of the golden egg, which is supposed to have money in it. So next year, you do the Easter egg hunt, make sure you have a golden egg with money in it. The kids will be mad if you don't have it. We, they, they ran all over. All the kids gathered up every egg in the yard. All their buckets were full, and I love capturing moments. So I said, let's all, I wanted all the kids to sit down on the steps in front of my house, and I got ready to take a picture of all the kids with their full baskets. And then I looked and I noticed that my neighbor's son, Xavier, was walking down the block. Xavier was always the smallest kid in the group, always had clothes that were just a little too big for him. But here he comes walking down the street, big smile on his face, bright red bucket, empty, ready to be filled. He comes walking to my house, ready for the Easter egg hunt. And when I saw Xavier, my heart sank because the hunt was over. So I'm cramming my mind and I'm scanning my brain. I said, you know what? I have some empty eggs in the house. I'll just run in the house and gather up those eggs and I'll give them to him. Before I could do anything, a little boy named Jermaine got up off the steps, ran down the block to meet Xavier and poured the contents of his bucket into Xavier's bucket. That's mercy. He filled Xavier's bucket Xavier with his smile still intact, 
walked with J Jermaine back to the steps and we took a picture, every kid happy because everybody had a bucket that was filled. That's mercy, because mercy sometimes requires us to give what we value. Mercy may cost us something. Sometimes mercy will be sacrificial. It's a giving of what you value to help someone else who needs it more. And we all know the greatest gift of mercy we have ever known is that of Jesus Christ who died on the cross to pay the debt of our sins, pouring out his righteousness to cleanse us of our filthiness. So when we see God's mercy, when we think of more than mercy, we have to see God in this dynamic show of love and mercy to God's people, this dynamic gift of mercy that sustains us even today. So when we look over our lives, we have to see that it's more than mercy that is keeping us. To the God who puts food on your table, God's mercy and provision endures forever. To the God who preserves your sanity in the midst of chaos, God's mercy and peace endures forever. To the God who gives you courage to face your fears, God's mercy and strength endures forever. To the God who heals your broken heart, God's mercy and kindness endures forever. To the God who helps you make right decisions, God's mercy and wisdom endures forever. To the God who protects you from your haters, God's mercy and truth endures forever. To the God who who forgave you of all your sins. God's mercy and holiness endures forever. To the God who loved you when you felt unlovable, God's mercy and goodness endures forever. To the God who has preserved your marriage, God's mercy and fidelity endures forever. To the God who preserved your family, God's mercy and love endures forever. To the God who took away your addiction, God's mercy and faithfulness endures forever. To the God who delivers you from all of your troubles. God's mercy and justice endures forever. To the God who worked a miracle in your life, God's mercy and grace endures forever. No matter what you've been through, no matter what setbacks you have had, no matter how seemingly impossible the situation is, remember that God's mercy endures forever. And it's more than God's mercy. It's more than mercy. It's heaven. It's mercy, it's love, it's kindness, it's gentleness, it's faithfulness, it's patience. It's more than God's mercy. So today on this service of remembrance, we want you to remember the God who loved you before you could love yourself. The God who saved you before you needed, you thought you needed to be saved. It is more than God's mercy. It's hesed. God bless you.
Let us pray. Mighty God, it is good for us to be here today, to remember brothers and sisters who sat with us in classrooms or in Miller Chapel, brothers and sisters who served with us in ministry in so many different places, not only in the United States, but around the world. And we give you thanks. We give you thanks for the privilege of remembering them and remembering your steadfast love that endures forever. Oh God, wherever it is that we are serving today, let us remember those who have gone on before, whose witness is strong and vital. And let us wait for that day when we see them again as a part of the kingdom of heaven. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
Now may the love of God, the peace of Christ, and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with you, God's people. And let us all say, Amen. Amen. Please pass the peace of Christ.